Hey, welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today, we're going to be talking to actually two people, Austin Rhodes and Thomas Rhodes, and they are brothers who are also business partners. We're going to hear a lot about what it's like to mix family and business, how to make decisions together, um, and how uh, neither of them has a bad day at the same time. All this is next. Thanks uh, for for joining us today. Uh, You know, we've got two people here today, two brothers. Um, We've got Austin Rhodes and Thomas Rhodes, um, and we're sitting here in their offices here in Rhodes Branding. Um, A lot of things I want to talk with you guys about. We had a great pre-interview, and and there's a lot of trails that we can run down, but maybe let's start with, you know, what are you guys doing today? A little bit about what Rhodes does, but then I want to talk about what it's like being brothers and being in business. Brothers and being in business, let's yeah. start there. Okay. Um, I mean, we uh, we obviously grew up together. It's just two of us. <laughs> so, uh, like I told you earlier, we have everything on the line. I mean, we don't have three or four siblings. Um, everything we approach, we know that at the end of the day, we have to be able to turn it off. And we see a lot of folks in our generation, especially our parents' generation, that had a hard time turning it off. And I feel <laughs> like that that really bleeds over into your performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we own uh, and operate multiple businesses. And How long have y'all done that together? I mean, you've been brothers all your life, but how long have y'all been been sort of financial partners together? Uh, 2014. 12. 12. 10 years. Okay. Yes, 10 years. So it's not something that y'all woke up, you know, two years ago and decided, hey, let's let's quit some jobs and do some stuff together. This is... This is a decade. No, we come from a line of entrepreneurs. I mean, our dad was a business owner. Our grandfather was a business owner. Our great-grandfather owned multiple businesses. Um, We grew up down a six-mile dirt road in rural (laughs) South Carolina. Uh, So back to the bond, you know, in the afternoons, it wasn't like, hey, go play with a neighbor because there wasn't a neighbor we could go play with. Mm -hmm. So we play with each other. Even though we're four years apart, it was one-on-one football games, digging in the sandbox together. And so we've always had that, you know, special brotherly connection. Um, And part of that, I think, was because of necessity and how we grew up and where we grew up, which I'm very grateful for. But it's translated well into this this phase of our life as well. Sure. Yeah. That is actually something really unique. As I get older, I realize that growing up in such a small town, it almost feels like we grew up in a generation or two before our own. Hmm. Um, I mean, our house, we didn't have cable growing up. So mm-hmm. I'd come to school and they'd talk about the Braves game and, you know, some of the games, the Nickelodeon shows that everyone grew up my age watching. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, we had ETV, um, whatever the antenna could pick up. So um, I think growing up in a small area too, it, it helps you become friends with people who maybe if you had a bigger area to almost fall into a click, you could do, but there you just didn't have, you didn't have that. So as I mature, I realize that's such an asset uh, as an adult and as I raise two little girls, um, is just looking at clicks and almost just saying, I mean, it's very sad how people will fall into those kind of clicks. Um, But yeah, I, I, I'm honored to be here today, too. I'm a big fan of the show. Well, uh, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I think some of the things that you guys are saying are not what people usually say when they talk about you know, growing up in a rural background um, or, you know, with just kind of having having each other. But so if you 
you guys grew up, you, you were playing, you were learning how to how to like each other and how to get along. You you were sort of inadvertently learning these lessons about social skills, if you will, for lack of a lack of a better word. Um, what does that look like now that you're adults, if you will, and now that you know you you make your own choices? I mean, how bring that back to us for how that how that impacts your business decisions or your investment decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of what undergirds us to use an old word. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of the fabric of who we are. You know, to Austin's point, growing up in a small town, you really have to interact and respect everyone, um, regardless of any background, any differences, you really look beyond that. And that really translates into our business world now. Um, We own several businesses and one common thread amongst all of them is values. And if you look at the values of hard work, of being honest, being humble and appreciative, um, what we do is unique in some aspects, but it's not unique in others. And there's other people doing what we do. We have competition. So we have to be humble in our approach and be grateful that people do choose to buy from us or partner with us. Um, And that helps us in our investment uh, life as well, because we look for investments that have that same common thread, Um, not just ones that are, you know, using financial engineering to show something good on a piece of paper. Sure. Well, if I could press into that though a little bit, I mean, I think, you know, the the values you're talking about, I think are are values that uh, are certainly not unique. I mean, in other words, you, you almost have to have those things present for something to really have any, any, you know, sustainability or, or certainly longevity, much less even profit. But when those things get channeled, how do you maintain consistency? Let me phrase it that way. You know, how do you, when you're looking at different businesses and different opportunities and you've got kind of your, your overlay, for lack of a better word, that you want to put in that, how do you, how do you uh, maintain that consistency? Because you're, to your point, you're dealing with different people in different places, maybe even different industries. How do you stay consistent? Well, it's not a destination, it's a journey. And so staying consistent is a daily, hourly, minute by minute journey. It's mm-hmm. not a, hey, we've, we've got these values, then check the box, move on. Yeah. It's something you have to fight for every day. And there are moments when you know we all fall short of those values and moments that we aren't living up to what we should uh, but it's a it's a bigger journey that starts and really never ends if you're on it. If you think mm-hmm. you've arrived to that destination, then you lose it. And you have to be able to turn it off too. I mean, that's so key. And turn turn what off? Turn work off. Okay. I mean, burnout's real, and mm-hmm. I think all of our all of our teams and all of our companies will attest to the fact that we will be able to turn it off. I mean, I'm turning it off next week, leaving after the fourth. Um, but if you if you just are always on, you'll get burned out. You're not going to do anyone any good. And I think at the end of the day, if you realize that we're not out saving the world, I mean, we're not curing cancer. Um, we're not, you know, inhabiting other planets to get our species off the <laughs> earth. I mean, let's all just take a reality check. You know, I mean, settle down. It's we only get one life to live, so don't take yourself too seriously. Um, and we, the good thing is, is like every day, if he comes into my office or I go into his office, we're usually on, I mean, he's more of the left brain, I'm more of the right brain. And it's funny because we never have a bad day at the same time. So. <laughs> 
he cools me off. I cool him off. Um, and it's rare you see that. Um, I feel like in family businesses, because we have friends that are in family businesses, and it usually just stokes into a like an avalanche of emotions. And it's usually, you know, calm down. It's going to be all right. It's cool. Let's roll. So since you mentioned that that family aspect, and again, it's kind of, it, you can't escape from the family aspect but with between you guys. But um, so when you have maybe maybe instances where the, the strain is put or could be put on the family, I mean, how do you sort of inoculate from that? How do you, how do you, um, how do you refocus? Um, it goes back to what he just said about realizing that at the end of the day, this is what we do. It's not who we are. Mm-hmm. And what's more important than this business or any business is the family that we share that, you know, he has, I have two nieces. He has a niece and two nephews that are mine. Um, and so that that right there is more important than any profit and loss statement, any balance sheet, but by also, um, you know, having fun. I mean, we, we're not only partners in business, but we're partners in uh, recreational stuff too. Okay. So we have a recreational part property that we'll go to, and I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere, and we'll be down there, you know, running a chainsaw or driving a four-wheeler you know, um, waiting in a swamp. I mean, fun stuff, and we're not even thinking about work, but that re-energizes us so that we can do the, the work part. And I had, I had a really good uh, mentor years ago. He wasn't a designated mentor, but I always listen. When he opened his mouth, I listened. Mm-hmm. He said, every year you get your calendar and you book your vacations first. <laughs> and he's like, every three months you need to do something whether it's uh, one night, two night away or a week away, but every three months you got to do something to recharge. And this guy was basically a renaissance man, lived on a sailboat in Newport Beach, California, sailed uh, sailed across you know the Atlantic Ocean, just a real awesome guy. And he was wildly successful in business. And that was his key, is that every three months he did something outside of business to recharge. How long ago did you receive that? Word. I mean, I was probably fresh out of college, okay. you know, and burnout is real. And, you know, 24-7, good luck with that. It's not going to work. What's it like when you burn out? Or what is? what do you think? I mean, I, I'm not, yeah, What what's burnout like? Personally, you can feel your productivity meter dropping. You just feel like you're not getting anything completed. And that frustration starts to spike. And that's when I personally know it's time to just shut it down and get out. Are, are there certain situations or, or triggers for, for that? You know, in other words, is, is it just about a length of time where you've been at something for a month, two months, three months, or, or is it, I mean, what is it for you? I think it can pop up anytime. Hmm. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big believer and I tell myself every Monday is my favorite day of the week and it gets on all of our team's nerves because I'll come in clapping on Monday. Um, but you know, we're big on goal setting and, you know, it's all about chunking your goals and setting those long-term goals and then building back. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like that that's allowed us to realize that it's a bigger picture. It's not the destination, it's the journey. Um, celebrate the little successes because you're going to have every day a little success. I mean, the air condition worked here today. That's a success. <laughs> we're in Columbia. That's we should celebrate that because yeah. it could be really sweaty. Um, so if you don't celebrate those, I mean, what are we doing? You know, right. 
Well, guys, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. You know, we talked about, you know, kind of how you guys got started, you know, some of, you know, what you're doing, but, uh, you know, I appreciate your thoughts on kind of your philosophy on running businesses and what you're looking for and, and those attributes. But I guess if we kind of ended on just having a little bit of fun, and this may be, may be abstract, but, you know, we're, we're 30, 40 years into the future. You guys are together enjoying yourselves and the people that you love. And um, maybe you're on the farm if you still have it. But what do you hope would have happened with the things that you're doing now? You know, what do you what do you want to be able to say about that future, at least in terms of the business stuff and all that? I mean, there's tons of things that can that can happen. But I mean, you guys say you're, you're goal oriented, you're future focused. I mean, let us in a little bit on, on what you would hope that future would would include. I would hope that we will have created ripples in every business and in every customer base that just made the world a little bit better. I mean, the way we treat folks, um, you know, it doesn't matter what role they play and what organization, how we come across them, but the world needs more kind people. And to, you know, go back to our point about the bad customer is not let them ruin you and mm -hmm. focus on the good people. And, um, I just hope that everything we do will create a better future. And that sounds so philosophical um, and corny, but um, that's really how we, that's how we operate as business partners and as a business unit. Um, but in 30 years, I hope I'm on a sailboat following you somewhere around <laughs> Mediterranean, maybe. Um, the ocean's clean of all the plastics and we figured out how to suck all the carbon out of the air. Um, that's where I hope we are. I hope that I've helped other people realize their dreams. And that to me is the biggest gift. That's better than any number on a piece of paper is by seeing somebody who has potential, you partnering with them, you helping them realize their full potential. To me, that is the check mark that I'm looking for. Um, and to do it as many times as possible. That sounds great. I mean, the sailboat part sounds great. And you know, what you're talking about, about helping people get where they where they want to get, um, sounds great. And it's interesting, you know, we've, we've done, I, I can't, I don't know exactly what episode we're in, but I think we're in the 40s now in terms of what, what we're doing here. And, and it's pretty amazing how um, we've been able to interview lots of business owners that, that share, they're in different industries and in different places and backgrounds are different and stuff like that. Um, you're the first uh, brother duo that we've that we've sat with but um i personally love it when people not only speak well of their own business um but also they're thinking about other other people that to me is one of the many footnotes uh, i think in this discussion that i think doesn't get talked about enough but thank you for opening your office thanks for hosting us and being willing to talk yeah, yeah man thank you thanks for having us